Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Let me just read you a little introduction here. This one guy wrote this. He said, I recently saw a commercial for an online game based on Greek mythology. He said it spoke about armies, it spoke about mythological gods and heroes and quests. And he said what got my attention was the description of how to get this game started. He says you go online to register, choose your god, then build your empire. And he concludes by saying, wow, choose your God. Those words, though presented casually in the ad, struck me as being characteristic of one of the most dangerous things about our world. In in a game, he says, it may be insignificant what God you choose, but in the real world, that choice has eternal consequences. And that's what's being talked about here in Joshua chapter 24, where Joshua in this chapter says, choose you this day whom you will serve. That's a conscious decision that had to be made back then. It's a conscious decision that we have to make today. And there are all sorts of factors and forces coming to play upon us each and every day to try to draw us away from the Lord. I want you to understand the basic point of Joshua chapter 24, and I summarize it this way. Believers are not immune from serving false gods and at great expense to themselves. Therefore, they must consciously choose to serve the God of the Bible if they wish to experience his blessings. We are not immune from the pressures to serve false gods. I don't believe there's anybody in this room that's going to bow down today before a a stone statue. I don't believe there's anybody in here that would throw their child to the crocodiles. But there may be nonetheless those in this room that are struggling with worshiping false idols like self, materialism, sports, hobbies. You know, anything that we put before God becomes an idol. It becomes a false god. Do we have anybody in this room that's going to go into a temple and burn incense? No, not very likely at all. There's a real good chance that some folks in this room worship things they shouldn't be worshiping, things they put before God. And I think sometimes they justify, well, I just missed one Sunday, or I just missed this, or I just, I just did that. Well, on that day, then you, you, know, you, you put something before God when you know that God should come first. I I want us to look at this passage, and we're going to look starting down in verse number 14, and and we're going to, we we can't look at the whole chapter, but we'll look at what I think is is, is critical in this chapter. And first of all, we're going to look at Joshua's admonition to these people. This is the end of the chapter. This is coming to the end of Joshua's life. He's He's got a long history with these people. He knows these people. These people know him. And he loves these people. It's been his responsibility as well as his privilege 
to lead these people and guide these people. They've been through a lot together. And this is like his, his closing remarks before he's about to exit the scene. So he says to these people, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Here he is emphasizing to these people Serve the one and true God. And he's acknowledging the fact that some of their ancestors got off course. And if they could get off course, we can get off course today. He uses the word serve. He uses the word serve a lot in this chapter. And when he says serve, he means obey God. Be subject to God. That's not easy for people to do in this culture that we live in that emphasizes individuality and, 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 and self-assertment. To tell somebody, no, you, you need to yield every aspect of your life to God. That was a challenge then. It's a challenge today. You need to make a conscious decision that you're going to serve the one and true God because we all serve something. Every person in this room serves something. And Joshua knew that then with these folks, and that's why he's encouraging them to serve the Lord. He tells them, don't serve false gods. And again, false gods today could be materialism, could be the quest for power, Popularity, leisure, alcohol, drugs, money, fame. As they face, they face false gods, and that's why Joshua had to say something to them. Joshua had to, to admonish them to be true to the true God, and that's what it takes today. And so, as Joshua had to admonish them, I stand before the congregation today to admonish you. Beware of false gods. Beware of anything that can get you off course. That was his admonition to them today, and that admonition holds true today. Make sure that you don't let anything come before you and the Lord. And then he gives them a challenge in the next verses. In verse number 15, here's his challenge. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord... Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood and the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But then he says this. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was telling them here, you got a choice. And you're going to make a choice. Whether it's a conscious choice or a choice by default. He's speaking to God's people. Their choice is you can either follow the true God or you can follow false gods. He says, if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord. Some some apparently thought it was evil. Some people thought it was hard. It's too hard. I don't want to follow the true God. We live in a sin-cursed world. 
And whether you are saved or you are unsaved, in this sin-cursed world, life can get hard. But the point is, if you serve false gods, it's going to get a lot harder. If you serve the true God, he's going to be there with you to help you through what we have to deal with in this sin-cursed world. And that's what Joshua is reminding them of. He says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, apparently to some people they think it's too hard, but they're not thinking right. So he tells them, choose you this day. Serving the Lord, I suppose in one sense, can seem challenging in the short term, but it sure pays off in the long term. Whereas if you serve false gods... That might seem easier in the short term, but it sure is a lot to pay in the long term. So Paul, so Joshua is encouraging them. He says, you need to choose. You need to choose. And then he says, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I hope that's the decision and the choice of every person in this room. Whether it's hard at times or You're blessed at times. You make that decision to serve the Lord. And again, this is what Joshua is urging them to do. And people need to hear this. God gave him a leader then. God gives pastors today to encourage people to do the same thing because there's, there's so many challenges out there. There's so many temptations out there. Then he gets a positive response from the people. Now, this is encouraging. I mean, from a pastor's point of view, you never know how folks are going to respond to a message. Look in Joshua 24, verse number 16, the positive response. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight, And preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. After Joshua gives this admonition, after Joshua gives this challenge, He's waiting for an answer. And it had to be music to his ears that these people tell him, Joshua, we have seen what the Lord has done. We have experienced the blessings of the Lord. Now remember, along the way, they had challenges. You know, here they are, God's people. Along the way, it was a difficult trip. I mean, in the wilderness, in in bondage in Egypt, And then crossing the River Jordan, there's still battles to be fought, and they lost the battle at Ai. But even at that, they had the mature perspective of knowing that God was with them. God was with them in a special way. And they understood that, and they are acknowledging that they want to serve the Lord. They are acknowledging that he had been good to them, and he was uh, personal with them. They they referred to him as, as our God. And mature Christians get that. Mature Christians understand that when you get saved, yes, there are blessings. And yes, it is the best possible life that you can live. But we're still living it in a sin-cursed world. 
And natural disasters happen. Accidents happen. Wars happen. We have to deal with bad people. But a mature Christian understands that that's the nature of this world. And you can go through this world then worshiping things that are of a detriment to you and will only make a bad life worse. Or you can turn to the true God who will be with you through these challenges and who will use these challenges and make these challenges count to to your credit and to grow you through them. So they responded properly to the challenge of Joshua. And remember this too. That was Joshua's responsibility. This is what God-ordained leadership is supposed to do. God-ordained leadership is supposed to challenge people to do the right thing, especially when they're tempted to do the wrong thing. And whether it's popular or whether it's not popular, it's important for God's man to always challenge God's people to live the Christian life because sometimes it, the other way can seem appealing. That's a God's man's responsibility. So then Joshua gives them, and again, this is so important. This is his farewell speech, if you will. We followed these folks for a long distance. He goes on to say, Joshua's warning in verse number 19. And Joshua said unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord. We'll explain what that means. For he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn you and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. God's man has to preach the whole counsel of God. God's man has to, yes, encourage folks. But he's got to be honest with folks. And what he's acknowledging in these verses is he's acknowledging that sometimes it isn't easy to follow the Lord. It wasn't easy for Jesus to do what he did. It wasn't easy for Paul to do what he did or Peter or any of the apostles or so many of the Bible characters, the New Testament characters. But we have to understand that failure to serve him, as stated in these verses, will bring God's wrath. So we, you know, it's important for God's man to to paint the full picture. You know, we live in a sin-cursed world. Bad things are going to happen. But do you want to go through this world with with all these bad things happening around you, with God being against you or God being for you? And that's what Joshua is telling them. And that's one of the things I appreciate about Scripture is it doesn't pull any punches. You know, when you get saved, as I've said before, you don't board a cruise ship. You board a battleship. Now, for all of eternity in heaven, it's a different story. But all eternity for those who do not choose God, it's a horrible story. And then, at the end here, through verse number 24, we have Joshua's directives, if you will, to the people. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve.
and his voice will we obey. He acknowledges before the people that following the Lord is the best life you can live, but it's not a bed of roses. And he reminds them, he said, okay, you said you're going to follow the Lord. You've made that choice freely, and God's going to hold you to that. And then he tells them, you need to clean house and serve the Lord. By serving the Lord means give yourself wholeheartedly to it. Hold hold nothing back. And he is telling them, he's reminding them, uh, serving the Lord isn't to be taken lightly. And he's telling them, don't harbor any excuse or hold back anything that might be seen as a false guy. He said, get rid of it all. Clean house. Because he knows you're going to serve something. You're going to serve the Lord, or you're going to serve yourself, or you're going to serve so many temptations that are out there. We all serve someone or something. We all like to think, do I have this up there? Yes. We all like to think of ourselves as people who are independent, particularly us Americans. We always like to observe ourselves, think of ourselves as people who are independent, people who are free to do what we want. We are Americans, which we, which we believe means we do not serve anyone. In truth, we are all serving something or someone. We are driven, driven by something outside of ourselves. And so Joshua says, choose you this day who you will serve. Every one of us tomorrow will be serving something. And he's telling them, make a conscious decision to serve the Lord. Let me share with you as we wrap this up four things, what it means to really serve the Lord, to give us some, some perspective. What it means, he keeps using this word. I, I think I counted, I don't remember, like 14 times it may be in this last chapter where he's talking about serving the Lord, serving the Lord, serving the Lord. I mean, isn't it true this day and age we love to be served ourselves? We, we love to be served. We, we love to be taken care of. We enjoy that. And what's sad about so many people today, I mean, they expect that to be taken care of. People to take care of them, the government to take care of them, and, and on and on it goes. Understand the emphasis here. He tells them, serve the Lord, serve the Lord, serve the Lord. And that's, that's not a burden. That's a, that's a privilege. That, that's an opportunity. But we're so prone to think in terms of being served that we might find that a challenge. So what are these points? First, serving the Lord. It means we must be willing to quit straddling the fence. We can't straddle the fence. That's why Joshua said, choose you this day who you will serve. Make a choice. Don't be playing games. This one writer said, we declare that we want to follow the Lord, but we still want all the stuff the world offers. The power, the indulgence, the freedom to choose which commands of God we will obey and which we will not. This is unacceptable, this writer says. It is just as unacceptable to the Lord as a spouse who has a mistress on the side. God wants an exclusive commitment. That is exactly what he expects. Joshua knew that. Joshua emphasized that to these people. He's laying it down. He said, look, to serve means you're you're all in. You're not halfway in. You you can't straddle the fence. Get all the way in. You know, 
So many times, you know, a, a person becomes an employee somewhere, and the employer expects him to be all in. I mean, you, you, you get married, and you're supposed to be all in. You join the armed forces, and you're expected to be all in. Tends to be more Christians at Waffle. And that's sad, and that's not the way that it ought to be. Give us a group of people that when they choose to serve the Lord, they are all in. Serving the Lord means you quit straddling the fence. Give us a group of people here at Myo Baptist Church who are committed to this, and we, we will have a group of people that are impacting this community, this, this, this corner of our state, because we're not straddling the fence. You give me a bunch of fence straddlers, and nothing good's going to happen. So understand that secondly... We must be willing to root out everything that hinders our commitment. We need to be on guard for anything in our lives that would hinder our full devotion to the Lord. This writer says we must refuse to make excuses and to do real battle with our sinful tendencies, which we all have. It means we must eliminate the things in our lives that draw us away from him no matter how painful these things might be. If we are serious about our commitment, we will do what is necessary to honor and obey the Lord in our lives. We must be willing to root out everything that hinders our commitment. And you know what? We know what that means. And for each of us, we know what that is. And it's probably different among all of us. We each have different tendencies. We, we each have different uh, things that, that can lure us. Some things that might tempt me might not tempt you. Some things that might tempt you might not tempt me. But there's enough things out there that Satan knows our weaknesses and he comes after us. And we know what those are. And we have to be willing to do battle. And we have to be willing to, to root out everything that hinders our commitment. And it may take a long time. There may be some folks in this room right now who have sin in their lives that comes between you and the Lord and you've been working at it for a long time. Let me just encourage you. Keep working at it. Satan hasn't won until you give in. And as long as you're battling, then you're battling. As long as you're battling, you're making progress. Do not give in. And I think the Bible talks about besetting sins. I think that means... Sins that are kind of a unique temptation for you. You know, for some it might be pornography, for some it might be pride, for others it might be, you know, any one of a number of things. You know, and my admonition to you this evening is keep battling, keep battling, keep battling, even though you may have been battling for a lifetime so far. You haven't given in, and you're in church, and keep it up. But that's what it means to serve the Lord. Thirdly, we must seek to influence the world rather than being influenced by it. We must seek to influence the world, rather than being influenced by it. Ken Ham has written books about this topic. Ken Ham, of course, being originally from Australia, comes into this country as an objective outside observer. And one of the things I have read of him is saying how that he is amazed how many Christian colleges there are 
in the United States of America? And how many Christian books and how many Christian bookstores? And, and how, how, many, how many churches there are in this country? And how many, quote, Christians there are in this country? And how little effect it is having on this country. Read it. Ken Ham. He, he has numerous books. Where that is his lament. That is his concern. I noticed driving back from Rockford, we came up, like I said, up through Wisconsin and through the UP, and uh, part of Google Maps got us off the interstate, and actually Sharon and I like that. It's neat to get off the interstate and see the real countryside, and we passed through numerous small towns in um, in Wisconsin and in, in, in going through the UP, and you know what is is interesting in those small towns? One of the most defining features of these small towns I, I noticed coming back are the church steeples. The church steeples in these small towns. And yet, with all of that, with all of that, it seems as if that the world... You know, we've got all those info, all these churches, all these Christian colleges, Christian bookstores, Christian radio, Christian TV. But it does seem as if the world is having a greater impact on us, the church, rather than church on the world. So third, we must seek, if we're going to serve the Lord, to influence the world rather than being influenced by it. This writer says, those who follow Christ must be willing to stand up and confront sinful behaviors. We must resist worldly thinking. We must resist a political correctness that demands that we lower our standard of holiness. We have to live true to the gospel, even even if doing so will be unpopular. As our nation drifts further and further into darkness, it's all the more responsibility for our light to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And not compromise. And we may be criticized for it. We may be ostracized for it. But we have got to tell the truth. Just like Joshua did to those people. He was pulling no punches. He was telling them, it's going to be hard, but you need to do it. You need to set aside your false gods. You need to move on. You need to get away from that. And that's the model for us today. I think we have the potential to impact this region of the state by our church and by and the whole world by by missions. And I think we have a great opportunity now and we've got to be loving yes in our declaration of the truth. But we've got to be faithful in our declaration of the truth. Folks out there I'm as I read as I study, folks out there respect more the churches that give the truth in love than those churches that are just trying to be liked that are trying to be so much like the world. So we must seek to influence the world rather than being influenced by it. Fourth, we must pursue our discipleship as a serious commitment. Joshua warned the people that if they profess faith, yet continue to play with the idols of the world, they would face God's judgment. That's exactly what he told them. Our Lord reserved some of his fiercest comments for the hypocrites are the pretenders. Can you say Pharisees? Somewhere along the line, good intentions and pious words must translate into action. 
we need to be serious in our commitment. And I appreciate you. We have church on Wednesday night. This is your church. You ought to be here, and you are. Sunday, we get together. You ought to be here, and you are. And beyond that, to to help out and to pitch in and do things that are necessary here. I mean, we need to be serious about our commitment. Understand the importance of the church. Understand what's at stake. The souls of men and the fate of a nation are at stake right now with, with what's going on. And the good news is, folks, we're not alone. I mean, just Sunday I was able to preach uh, for Pastor Kingsbury at the North Love Baptist Church. And that is a good, fundamental Baptist church. They, they believe in, in the authority of God's word. They believe in the inerrancy of God's word. And you know what? If you believe those two basic, basic things, you're going to be pretty fundamental. If you believe in the inerrancy of God's word, that there aren't mistakes here, and if you believe in the authority of God's word, you're going to be conservative. You're, you're going to be fundamental. And the good news is that there are good people Good churches all around the country. I, I met some of the deacons at his church. I, I, I met a lot of his staff at his church uh, o- over the weekend. And they are holding the banner high. And that's being repeated thousands of times. Now, yes, a lot of churches, I think, are compromising. I mean, they, they, they want to be like the world. They want to be recognized by the world. That's the reason they're using the world's music, thinking that that's going to uh, somehow help them. And it's never going to do that. You know, the world just looks at Christian worldly music as just bad music. You know, it's like Christians trying to be rock stars. And the true rock stars look at that and say, you know, they're just wannabes. You're not helping anybody. You're not helping the cause of Christ. And you're not helping, helping lost people. No, do, do you understand the seriousness with which, with which this chapter ends? And Joshua is throwing down the gauntlet and saying, listen, choose you this day. Serve the Lord. Be serious about it. Put these false idols away and serve him. And he's telling him, will it be tough? Well, at times, yes, it's going to be tough. But is it worth it? Absolutely it's worth it. Absolutely it's worth it. I like this quote. It says, we are all servants. Our decision, as Joshua pointed out, is not whether we will serve, but whom we will serve. Let me share with you this last little story. It says, as a boy, my father often played violin in the local symphony. The budding young talent continued improving into his high school years. Then one day he decided to join his buddies in a harmless prank. As they raced through the school hallways and out the door, my dad hurried to follow them. The door slammed just as he reached it. His left hand smashed the glass of the door, severing the tendons to three fingers. All the doctors could do was tie the tendons in knots, rendering the fingers useless and taking the violin out of his life forever. And he concludes this little story by saying, I wonder how Dad's life might have been different had he not made that one small choice to follow those boys in that prank. What ifs have dubious merit? We can always second guess ourselves, 
but we cannot underestimate the impact of our choices. One choice can produce lifelong consequences for good or bad. And what is the final chapter of Joshua all about? It's about a choice. Choosing you this day whom you will serve. And I am so grateful for you who have chosen to follow the Lord and are doing your best to deal with your own personal challenges. And we all have them, folks. I mean, the Bible acknowledges that. But the thing is, you keep fighting, and you never give in, and you never give up, and you never throw in the towel. And the Lord is with you, and he he knows what you're dealing with, and he's with you. I mean, many of the greatest characters in the Bible all had their shortcomings. They all had their personal demons, if you will, that they had to deal with. Don't let that discourage you, and don't let that keep you back from serving the Lord and getting involved and doing what the Lord wants you to do. Even after all those years of following Joshua, Joshua, upon his death, had to remind them to choose this day who you will serve. And every day we need to get up committed to serving the Lord. There is no better life you can live. There's no more important life you can live. Is it a challenge? Yes. But, but the, the, the rewards. I was, I was talking to Jamie today, and uh, we were in here talking. We were talking about the Christmas concert coming up and whatever, and the, the challenge of that. And I, I said, there's a lot of work, and he's got a lot going on, and he's constantly, we're trying to get the right mics up here, and we even ordered some new mics uh, yesterday. They're supposed to be here tomorrow that should, we hope, significantly upgrade uh, what we're trying to do up here. And I said, Jamie, do you, do you enjoy this? He said, well, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of pressure. And I said, yeah, it's kind of like when you play sports in high school. When you play sports in high school, you're on the football team. You know, the fun part isn't practice on Monday and one, running wind sprints at the end of, of practice. Or Tuesday, doing the same thing. Or Wednesday or Thursday, Let's make it high school football because we don't want to talk about college football tonight. So the game will be on Friday night, not Saturday. No, I did not watch the game. Okay, let's just get that. I really did. That's the first LSU game I have not watched in a long time. And thank you, Lord, that I didn't watch it. But anyway, so let's say you're a high schooler and you're playing a game on Friday night. To get to that victory, to get to that moment at the end of the game where you win and you're throwing your helmets in the air and you're high-fiving each other. That game was won back on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I coached. I know what I'm talking about. And I told my players all week long, I said, you, you're not going to goof off on Monday and win on Friday. You're not going to goof off at practice on Tuesday and win on Friday. The game's won Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And, that's, and I told Jamie, we were talking about this, I said, Jamie, you've got to put a lot of work into it. I said, but, but the satisfaction of, of us having a concert and it comes off well and it's a blessing to people and it glorifies God, I said, that's, that's when it's worth it. And he says, absolutely. And, and so it is in our regular Christian lives. You know, day to day it can be a grind. Day to day it can be a challenge. I'm... I forgot to do my devotion, or I forgot to pray, or my prayer life isn't what it, what it ought to be. But you stay with it, and you stay with it, and you stay with it, and 
God will bless and there will be those joyous moments of knowing that you did the right thing and that you're on the right team. So as Joshua reminded them in his closing remarks at the end of Joshua to serve the Lord, that was his responsibility to tell those folks that. And it's my responsibility as well to tell you, hang in there, serve the Lord. Whatever you have in your life that might be coming between you and the Lord, don't excuse it, but don't let it defeat you. And keep, stay with the Lord, and he will give you victory. According to Joshua, it appears that that decision to serve the Lord has to be made daily. And they made the right decision. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.